Hi there, I'm Stan Baker, one of the hosts for Circle Forum, along with Shelley Steele and Steve Young. We're back with the first podcast in our eighth season, in which we talk about some recent research on restorative practices and how that impacts belonging and actually transforms schools. Now, when I read research that supports what I've experienced, I get excited and energized. Restorative practice is no longer the new thing, as this six-year study of over 400 schools in California shows. And it shows improved student achievement, reduced suspension rates, and reduced disparities between groups of students. Now, you may have done all the training in restorative practices, or maybe you're just introducing restorative practices, but this is an area of training that requires persistence and reinvigorating because who doesn't need to address achievement, and suspensions in their school or district. Some of the main topics that we'll be covering include just the results of this research with 485 California middle schools, and we talk a lot about why is there resistance to fully embracing restorative practice, and we talk about some of the recommendations and how they can positively impact your school district. So at the end of this episode, be sure to visit our website, www.restorative.ca. Send me an email to stan at restorative.ca. And now let's get to the conversation with Shelley, Steve, and me, Stan. I really love research that reinforces what we've been doing in restorative practices for quite a while. And now we've got some research that came out in May of this year, reinforcing how restorative practices builds that sense of belonging and relationships in schools. A study from California, over 400 schools, amazing results. Yeah, I, I looked at the results, Then you're right. It's, we always get asked the question, is there any data there to prove that this works? And you get that from the people who have to make decisions as to whether they're going to do the training or not and put money behind it. And this article is fantastic at showing that, not simply because it shows it works, but because it was a rigorously researched and planned study over many years, over thousands of students, 400 schools. So I think it's the article stands and the results stand to show that there's some really valuable information to be had there. And it's not just simply about discipline, which we talk about. It's about academic growth and comfort at school and school safety and all those other issues that we're, we've been talking about for months and years in all this. The two questions this research is asking include things like, does Student exposure to restorative practices drive improvements in academic, disciplinary, mental health, and school climate measures, and can it reduce racial disparities in exclusionary discipline and academic achievement? And the answer to both of those questions is yes, it can, and yes, it has. And so it drives a number of suggestions that we need to work towards a relational culture. And I think, too, that when we talk about suspension expulsion, Really, that's a factor in attendance as well, right? So if you're suspending a student, you're actually impacting the number of days that individual is in school and increasing the absenteeism rate in addition to that. Yeah, that often gets overlooked, doesn't it? That suspension and, and or expulsion and the impact that has uh, almost that domino effect because they're disconnected from the school. They don't feel part of that community. They feel like they've been outcast. So all the things that we know keep kids to school have been severed when we suspend and expel 
So, and why do you think it's taking so much time and effort to have this take hold? We've been having this conversation again and again. What are some of the reasons why uh, school boards are resisting this, or it's not being implemented, or things aren't happening the way we would like to see them from a restorative perspective, even? That's a really big question, and it's one we have struggled with a lot or really mulled around. And it's, it is interesting why, when something is working, either you feel it personally or now we have evidence for that, we are resistant to, to really move with that. I would say there's many factors, but one is that this is not, this relational approach and the things restorative practice talks about has not always been the go-to in the education system that is hundred over a hundred years old now. Um, and change and shift takes a lot. Shifting practice takes a lot. People personally who function in relation in a relational way have been doing this. I don't know that it's been practice to operate relationally. Yeah, you're right. And the article does touch that touch on that topic about this is a relational approach as opposed to traditional approaches. I suppose the naysayers who look at this article are going to say, yeah, but a lot of those schools have dedicated staff. We can't afford that here. But it shows it works if you have dedicated staff. So why are we not doing that here is the real question. You're right, Shelley. I think people on an individual basis may be very relational, but when, when the rubber hits the road, when there's a child who's done something or there's a disciplinary thing, we revert back to that old style discipline. And we know there's a lot of articles in the papers these days about some of the struggles schools are having with school violence, they call it. And it's essentially students who are struggling to even behave on a day-to-day -day basis or even a class-by-class -class basis for a whole variety of reasons. And the knee-jerk reaction is we got to get those kids out of here. We've got to discipline those kids. And the, the general public is saying, what's happened to discipline in the schools? We've got a different mix of students these days. And I think school boards are struggling to deal with that level of conflict in the schools, some of which we know the restorative approach or relational approach would have a huge difference in, but it's not going to solve all the problems. And I think they're looking for that. What's that magic bullet that's going to solve all our problems. And so we come in and say, a relational approach will work, but it takes time. It's not going to happen by there next we go. week or next year. And that's, this was a five-year study. So yeah, things take time. And I've always said that it takes Anybody will tell you that that's research it takes three to five years to move a culture of a building or a school board. And yet we're looking for those instantaneous solutions. The general public wants those instantaneous solutions. Parents of all the other students in the class want an instantaneous solution to why that child's disrupting their child's learning. And this isn't really relational approach. Isn't it instantaneous, but it's a long-term solution that will bear fruit three, five, seven, 10 years down the road, not by next week. If we do a workshop today, by next week, it's not going to change anything. So here's one of the reasons that we're identifying that it's not taking hold. And it's part of the research recommendation too, that we need long-term investment in this. And we tend to be short-term thinking in terms of this year. I think also there's a lot of interest in changing the numbers, the things that we can measure. And so literacy and numeracy get numbered, they get measured, and then those are the things that, that take some priority. So what would you say to encourage people to 
consider restorative practice again for the first time, if you will? <laughs> I think you can have a now have a look at some research that supports that relational approaches support attendance, which then supports academic achievement. The information is out there. And if you're somebody who needs to present that to somebody to further an approach, the evidence is there now to do that. I agree with what Shelley says that, that it's it's there, but how do we convince the people who make the decisions that pull the purse strings? And sometimes it's, is it a top down or bottom up? I think this kind of thing is a bottom up groundswell that needs to happen. People who are working on a day-to-day -day basis in the schools have to say, we need something different and they can go to those. And it, I think this has to work its way from the bottom up to the people who make the decisions. Yes, there are people at the top embrace a restorative approach to schooling and, and relational approaches. They get, as you said earlier, Stan, they, they're so inundated with so many other things that are deemed to be a higher priority that they get, it gets lost in there and somehow they have to get through all that. But if the boss tells you, you got to do something, you got to do something. And really it comes down to who's the boss and who's making that decision at what level can those decisions be made? And I think that's an ever changing lens as well. So that's something that I think the policymakers in education will have to look at who makes the actual decisions of what comes on in the school. A relational approach to learning is not an alternative. It's essential, as this research points out. In an age of instant everything, fostering belonging and student engagement in schools is a long-term strategy. So keep at it. Find out more about our work on restorative practice, particularly as we apply restorative practice to student attendance. Check out our website, www.restorative.ca. Send me an email to stan at restorative.ca. Let's get back to restorative practices and this research-based relational approach to education. Mm -hmm.